I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh sports fans, welcome back to Back Through the Tunnel. I'm Jeff Harbin, your PM host here for DK Pittsburgh Sports Radio. Joining me today is Alex Stump talking Pittsburgh Pirates as the Pirates are back at PNC Park. They're continuing their summer camp, getting ready. It's hard to believe. And we're just days away from actual baseball games taking place. That's when the Pirates will travel to St. Louis, open their season, the 60-game abridged season against the Cardinals, uh, that NL Central foe. Alex, how's it going? Pretty good, and hey, if you want to get technical about it, we're going to have baseball this weekend. That's right. That's exciting. That's really exciting. Well, why don't we just do a very general camp update so far, meaning you've been there now for over a week. You've been in the press box. You've been watching these with your own two eyes. What are some of the takeaways from camp in terms of how it's structured, Derek Shelton, his first, his first I guess, first second camp, if there is such a thing, um, with the team? Uh, just your general general thoughts on the camp so far. Uh, yeah, I, as, as a joking thought, don't ever try to like score an intra-squad game. They are impossible <laughs> to, act. you know, if a relief pitcher comes in and you give yourself a couple hits, like, okay, you're just done after five batters. We don't want you to be stretched out. You know, <laughs> We'll just pretend you got three of those guys yeah. out. It's, it's wild to actually try to keep track of stuff like that. But yeah, it looks like they're, getting the work in that they need to get in uh, all along we've heard you know the pitchers are a little ahead of the hitters which you know is the same thing with every spring training in general because hitters don't have the chance to hit against live pitching as often during the off season, or at least quality live pitching uh, they seem to be catching up in that regard we're seeing some guys bounce around different positions like Moran, JT, Riddle. It's You're seeing basically – I'm seeing at least basically everything I expected this camp to offer. And it does look like that they're making the progress that they need to make in this abbreviated time. Don Kelly did a really good job in the first spring training uh, to make sure everyone got their reps in, everybody got their work in. It was obviously a lot more – you know, compact this time, and the weather didn't always co- cooperate, so they had to move some games up, change scheduling for practice to beat the rain. But yeah, it looks like they're gonna get everything they need to get in again. And that's great. It's great news. And so, have you been impressed so far with Shelton? And I know you had him down in Bradenton. Now it's a little bit different here in PNC Park, but thus far, the is his is his approval rating good? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. I don't think anyone has said really anything negative about Shelton this entire time. So, which I mean, they probably wouldn't yeah. in general. But if he's a very personable person, he's he talks about so much about building relationships. 
And I know if you read that in the written word, it'd be like, oh, here he goes talking about relationships again. But whenever you actually see him present that idea, it's like, look, we need to build trust. We need the best way we're going to be able to connect with these players is if it's a two-way street of trust. But in terms of actually camp, he's delegated a lot of the duties to Don Kelly, to Oscar Marin. So it's been, I don't want to say hands off because he is still very much involved every single day, but he has more freedom, it seems like, to do what he wants, to talk to who he wants. And camp is running Will really smooth again, like I said. I think that a lot of that credit goes to bench coach Don Kelly, and I'm sure Derek would agree with that. Yeah, no, I mean, talk about unique circumstances being thrust into PNC Park one ball field. I know they have the cages underneath the stands and stuff like that, but it seems like from all accounts, and I'm not there, I'm just seeing what you're putting out, what uh, Dayon has been putting out there in terms of social media, and of course the Pirates themselves. I mean, heck, on Facebook, you can watch their simulated games live. They live stream it, and it just seems like it's a well-oiled machine, as it should be. If it looked like a giant cluster, everyone should be concerned, even more so than they probably already are. But let me ask you this. So far, what you've seen from the Pirates on the field, hitting, throwing, fielding, all that stuff, is this team as advertised? And when I say as advertised, I'm talking about the vast majority of the fan base, and I say that intentionally, the vast majority, have unbelievably low expectations for this team. Has the team looked like, well, this is kind of what I expected, or have you been pleasantly surprised? I mean, it's it's going to be really tough to give a good answer on that whenever they're just playing intra-squads. Because I remember going to, like, a blue and white game up in Penn State 10 years ago, and that was – I can't remember the name of the quarterback, but they're – Starting QB just graduated. They have no nobody. So early on in the game, first string offense versus third string defense, uh, three and out. And offense can't get anything going. So they end up playing the second string defense, and they can't get anything out. And then the third string defense comes in, and they still can't get anything going. And my uncle was like, wow, third string defense looks pretty good this year for Penn State. <laughs> In terms of venture squad, it's it's tough to actually say like, oh yeah, this the pitching is so much better. There are individual things like Joe Musgrove pitched yesterday, and the breaking stuff looked really sharp. And you know that's going to be such a key part to him this season. He looked ready, looked like the yeah, if that was a made if that was his first start of the season, he'd be fine. Uh, well, but a whole as a whole, I I know Dan's been you know, right beside me on this, I'm not convinced this team is bad, a last-place team. There is a lot of talent in this group. Okay, they don't have a true number one starter. Uh, Kella hasn't been on the field yet, so we don't know, you know, what the closing situation is going to be. You know, there are questions still throughout this team. But if they could stay healthy, and that's going to be the key for everyone this season, if they could stay healthy – I think they could be in the mix in a 60-game season. Uh, yeah, I, I can't disagree with you based on the fact that it, historically the Pirates are a team that will hang around in the first half of the season and then they'll you know slowly putter off at the, at the end and it's only 60 games, we'll see. Let's, you kind of mentioned Musgrove and how he had some good breaking stuff and he looks ready. Um, 
list some names for the listeners out there that are players who have impressed you so far in one way, shape, or form, whether it's any aspect of their game at any position. Uh, Nick Birdie, I would say, is another one. I, I know he kind of got hit a little bit in that first start, but whenever I look at Nick, I look at those mechanics that he made at Hawks during the offseason. You know, those changes. How is he throwing the ball? How is it leaving his hand? How is he breathing whenever he's on the mound? Like, little stuff like that. He's checking all those boxes. Good. I mean, it, it could have been bad, you know, this layoff, you know, to get him away from the team after looking so good in Bradenton. Yeah. Uh, Cole Tucker, defensively, is still terrific. I, <laughs> there have been games where he's made a play to his left and then a play to his right. And the play to the right is always tougher for a shortstop yeah. because body, and he makes it look easy. And then even at the plate, those mechanics changes that he made also, uh, you know, about getting his swing up, you know, finishing up uh, to get the ball in the air more. He's doing that still. And maybe the balls aren't traveling as far as he would like in the exhibition games, but they are getting up in the air. I can only see that as a positive. I mean, no, that's hitting a lazy fly out. Maybe not the best at bat you could have, but it looks a whole lot better than a lazy ground out. Shows that you weren't 100% fooled on the pitch. Um, yeah, it's there are a couple more pitchers. Brault's uh, cutter slider that he had was really working yesterday. Chad Cool, uh, another guy with breaking stuff that seems to be really working in this scenario they're just like a bunch of little I think even though it's been about a week I've only gotten to see everybody about once maybe two or three times with the uh, position players but yeah yeah I, I think Musgrove is the big one though watching him yesterday and that would make sense because he'd be the most advanced that was his probably his penultimate start before the regular season starts so he should be the most ready yeah and that's good. What about some players on the other side of the docket that have disappointed? Maybe you had high expectations. And this is, this is just you personally, obviously, but uh, you had some high expectations for, and for whatever reason, they just haven't lived up to it. Ah, this one's, this one's definitely a lot tougher. Um, I don't know if I could say really disappointing because he just hit a home run Monday that went 110 miles per hour. But uh, Josh Bell, he he's talked in the past about how he needs to face, you know, I think his number was 25. He needs 25 at-bats during spring training for him to, you know, get timing down, get everything ready to go. He's had a couple ugly swings so far in these exhibition games. Not enough to be worried or even disappointed. But if there was – one that kind of maybe falls in that scenario or under that big umbrella, it would be him, I guess. Mm -hmm. Not a turn at all yet. Maybe he does need, a, you know, a couple of bats and maybe that St. Louis series doesn't turn out great. But it, we all saw what Josh Bell could do last year. It's not really that big a concern. I, I don't think – Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go for it. Go for it. I was going to say, you bring, I mean, that's a name that I, I'm not disagreeing with you because the footage I've seen, there have been some really ugly swings. And 
for the Pirates, yeah. they need him to be on the other side of this fence. And I'm not saying that he's not going to be. And I think you're saying the same thing. But, man, they need Bell to be every bit the all-star he was last year, right? Yeah. I mean, that's going back to that expectations. It's going to be very tough to be for the Pirates to be even a 500 club if Josh Bell, you know, hits like he did those first 60 games or however many it was after the all-star break, whenever he was just bad, he was tired, he needed some rest, and he was just not a good baseball player in that stretch. Uh, But then again, I mean, I remember putting out a video where he had like four swings and every one of them, the ball was just crushed during BP. So he's, he's not that far removed. It's just getting the rust off. It's the, what I said a while back, the pitchers are always going to be ahead of the hitters. Maybe that's the case going across baseball at the beginning of the year. That's right. And we're going to talk about those pitchers coming up right after this break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, Alex, you uh, talked about pitchers in the last segment. You kind of ended with that and saying that the pitchers are always ahead of the hitters. And I think that's true, like you said, in every sport, just like in football, the offense is typically ahead of the defense. Uh, The defense is a little bit more reactionary, just like the hitters are more reactionary in, in the sport of baseball. In terms of the Pirates rotation, you had already said in the first segment how the, the Pirates clearly don't have a, a top pitcher, a number one, a true, awesome, genuine number one pitcher. But at the same time, they also uh, are, are lacking that fifth starter. What is, what is the rotation looking like? Has someone like Derek Holland claimed the fifth spot, in your opinion? Like, what is the overall look of the rotation as we sit here right now? Well, I'm going to go based off of how the rotation has been actually throughout camp so far the order that they've been going in and that would mean Joe Musgrove is the number one I I can't imagine anyone besides Joe Musgrove is going to be the opening day starter at this point the only one who it even lines up for potentially is Trevor Williams and I think Trevor would be the number two so I, I think that's pretty uncontroversial yeah at this time Number one, Trevor Williams, number two. They're the most veteran, I'm sorry, out of the returning staff. So that's pretty 
easy. And then Mitch Keller as is the number three. Uh, Mitch obviously has the pedigree, top prospect, coming off a lot, you know, a, a disappointing 2019 season to break into the majors. Was it completely his fault? No, there was some truly rotten luck involved. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to take that number three spot. And then Derek Holland still hasn't been told he's on the team, but I, it really does look like he's going to be in that rotation. So let's pencil him in at four. Uh, I missed his last exhibition start. That was the day Dayana spotted me. But up until that point, he, he had looked really good in Bradenton. He looked good in camp. And even – in that first one, he got rocked in the first inning and then made the adjustments and looked a whole lot better from then on out. So it, it, he hasn't been told he's on the team yet. He's on the team. I, there is no scenario yeah. that where Derek Holland isn't on this team. The fifth, you know, we saw it Monday, the piggyback. And if they are going to do the piggyback, I like the order of Stephen Brault and then Chad Cole. Because... <coughs> Sorry again, uh, because Brault, as as the lefty, he has the you know he's a very fastball heavy pitcher. You know, even that slider that he has is even kind of closer to a cutter because of how it leaves his you know hand, his arm angle whenever he throws it. And then you get to Chad Cole afterwards, who has talked so much about the curveball and the slider, and yeah, he could even ramp up his fastball a couple miles per hour faster than Brault, even if he isn't you know going to be gun chasing this year. I think that really can mess with hitters in that regard that, you know, you see Stephen Brault the first time and now in comes Chad Cool, and it's a completely different look. It's a completely different arm angle. It's a completely different arm that it's come. You're going from a lefty to a righty. So I think that will be, I think that will be the number five, at least opening day. Okay. Let me ask you a question about that piggybacking stuff because I've been reading more about it and it makes sense in theory. Do you think that uh, Sheldon or the, you know, Oscar Marine will say, okay, we're going to flip these two in terms of, let's say they're playing a team that is, uh, you know, a lot of right-handed bats. So they're going to put cool out there first and finish with all. Do you think that they are going to keep it set in stone, so to speak, that, you would have brought first and cool second or the other way around. Do you think, or do you think it's going to be very fluid? I think it'll be fluid. Okay. I mean, he, the whole piggybacking thing is still just a concept at the moment. And he Sheldon was nice enough to actually tell us like, Hey, I'm considering this because like I said, he hasn't even told us opening day starter, even though it, it really does look like it's Joe Muscove and there aren't really any other options besides him based on how, you know, workouts are going to be stretched out. Um, I think it's going to be very fluid. I think we're going to see, you know, Brault start a couple of the games. Maybe Chad Cole starts another game. Maybe they get really weird and they go with an opener, you know, and, oh, and then end the cool. <laughs> and the of a game go. It, it could be – it's going to be different. It's going to be wild and – you know, the piggybacking, it's been a concept among, like, analytical, the analytical community for a while. And some teams have dipped their toes in it, but I don't think anyone's really committed to just saying, you know, this is the number five spot. You know, right. Outside of 
and using the opener, which is kind of a take on piggybacking, uh, but not exactly. It's going to be a very, very different look, and we really have nothing to base this off of. <laughs> well, you know, different isn't always bad. I think that's important to remember in sports. You know, everyone laughed at teams that did the opener last year, you know, where they would have a pitcher just throw one or two innings and then they'd bring in a long reliever, but it actually worked in a lot of instances, uh, not all the time, but so different in this piggybacking philosophy, maybe it will work. And, it, and I guess the one thing I keep coming back to, and you, you alluded to this a lot so far in this segment is it's just going to look different. The whole season's going to look different. And so because it's going to look different and maybe you can get away with this for 60 games, you know, only every fifth start doing the piggybacking thing and if one That's, guy's get if one guy's getting roughed up, you bring in the other. I I feel like it, this isn't. A lot of people are bashing this thought process. I'm not one of them. I think this could actually be effective. Yeah, I mean it's it's a dozen starts. It, yep. You really every five games, and you know we haven't been told any other of the potential you know, piggybacking guys, but you know Stratton and Erling could be another one, you know, another combo in that regard. It's it's really playing on the don't let the other hitters get comfortable facing your starting pitchers. And across baseball, that third time through the order, that's whenever hitters tend to do their most damage against starting pitchers. And if you have two guys that you don't really feel comfortable, you know, going through that third time, just don't. Don't give them the satisfaction. Don't give them the at-bats in, in that regard. Pirates don't have an ace pitcher, so they really – really need to make sure that every one of those starting spots is reliable. Someone that you can go out there and be like, okay, he's not going to be a number one start, but I've got a good chance of getting a quality start out of him and staying in this ball game. Yeah. Yet it looks like that from at least one to three, they have some grinders that are going to be able to grind out the innings. They're going to get them the innings that they need so that they don't exhaust their bullpen. But as it always goes, you know, people talk about hitting. I've always been a believer at, at pitching is what's going to dictate your win-loss record more than anything else, keeping runners off the base paths, uh, you know, just handling your business on the mound and then hoping you can get enough offensive production. Then again, I'm also one of those strange guys, Alex, that is okay with a one nothing pitcher's duel. Most fans hate it. I actually am still intrigued by that. I think there's something about a pitcher just doing work. Are you the same way, or do you still like a little firepower? I, I, I like the firepower, but I would say overall I'm, I'm – I guess my heart belongs to the pitchers first. <laughs> and I, I don't know if that comes through writing. I, I always wonder if it does because it's different now that we don't have mound visits running every week. Hopefully we can get that up and running again soon. But I have so much more fun, it turns out, run, writing about pitchers than yeah. hitters. So whenever it's like a one nothing 2-1 game, those are, those are still a lot of fun. Oh, the, the, chess, the chess match is just incredible between pitcher and hitter, every single at-bat. And people, I've always said this, people that don't really understand baseball really don't understand that chess match that's going on between the count, the situation, the inning, the outs. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's a very sophisticated mental game. And a lot of people that hate baseball, they, they just don't know it. They don't know what that's like. So, um, But you do a good job of conveying that. Real quick, Alex, uh, but before we end the show, you, you know, the season is quickly approaching. That's fact. We know that. Do you think that there's any specific uh, – I'm trying to think of it. Do you, you think there's anything about specific teams, maybe veteran-laden teams or teams that 
you know, have been together and have a nucleus group. Do you think there's any advantage in a weird situation like this where it's more, where it's, you know, there's no more spring training. We had this layoff and now we're back in baseball and you're in your home cities. Do you think there's any team that has an advantage based off of some of the criteria I mentioned in a, in a 60 game season? Well, the team that definitely has the greatest advantage with all the changes that have come to Major League Baseball this year would be the Houston Astros uh, because they don't have to deal with the constant booing every single time they go yeah. on the road. They don't have, you know, it, 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 things are – they're even further removed from just that storm of mistakes they were making in spring training about everything. So I, they're definitely – added advantage in that regard uh but yeah i think teams that have strong veteran leadership especially you know veteran leadership on otherwise younger teams that's going to be very important this year i mean it's important in general not to sound like you know an old-time sportscaster but you do need guys like that in the clubhouse to keep, keep things loose to be that presence uh, Pirates have Gerard Dyson. They have Derek Holland. I mean, pitchers love being around Holland. The position players like being around Dyson. Joe Musgrove has been very vocal that he wants to be one of the leaders on this team. He felt like that was something that they didn't have last year. And he's kind of taken it upon himself, like, look, here I am. And, you know, part of the reason why he brought that up was for people like me, the media. So we if this was a normal season, you know, if we'd be in the clubhouse every day, we would go to Joe. Yeah, and that's that's just a small thing, but it's appreciated by all. You know that there is someone who's like, "Hey, you guys have tough questions. I'll I'll give you I'll give you answers on them." It's the Pirates do have some leadership in this group, and that's going to be very important in this year. That you know, people could be going in and out you know you could your locker mates you might turn in the next day and be like hey he's he's on the COVID list you're not going to see him for a couple weeks it's going to be a very weird season having those strong voices is going to make a difference and that's part of the reason why you know the Pirates got Gerard Dyson <laughs> he didn't exactly give the most enthusiastic answer about why he wanted why he chose Pittsburgh he's like well there wasn't a whole lot out there but I'll say this whenever he was in that clubhouse he was in he, he, he was all in with the group of guys yeah do you think not to not to cut you off do you think that the that the pirates i mean last year they had some issues and, and those were documented and they were they were in in the clubhouse there were issues you feel like this group i mean you mentioned that they kind of grab the pitchers gravitate to holland and uh, other players do they seem like from a, a top your perch at PNC Park that these are guys that enjoy being around each other? Because I do believe in the team concept. And, and if, if you have a team that's like a family, then you're going to be willing to do whatever it takes to help that person win and succeed. Um, do you feel like you, they, they have that atmosphere about them? Yeah, I mean, think back to 2018. They were having dance parties whenever they, they won. Last year just got weird. And it's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It ended up being very weird. I think part of the problem was Clint Hurdle and them where there would be problems in the clubhouse 
And there are times where, you know, the manager should step in and he didn't. And that kind of snowballed in that regard. It's, it was a completely different environment whenever they got down to Bradenton in spring training. You know, people were excited. You know, it was a new environment. It was new. That new culture that Shelton really wants to build is was starting to grow. The coaching staff was actually listening to players instead of coming down with these, you know, 10 commandments of three pitches or less, first pitch strikes, fastball low in the zone, you know, that type of stuff. It, it was very different than what had been seen in general. I think that was very much appreciated. It led to a better clubhouse. And I think there's still a better clubhouse in this camp, even though the hitters and pitchers are quite literally in separate clubhouses. Once the regular season gets going, you're going to see, I think you're going to see a looser club than you did last year, especially in the second half of last season, which was just yeah, a myth throughout most of it. Well, I hope that fans are excited for baseball to return. It's coming up quickly. I hope that they've been checking out your content at DKPittsburghSports.com. It's been really in-depth, really insightful. And, you know, at this point in time, it, it's you're getting someone that's in the facility. You're getting someone that's at least watching live. Now, granted, there's no one-on-one -on -one interviews outside of Zoom calls, but still, we appreciate all your work. Alex, why don't you tell everyone your Twitter handle in case they don't follow you and want to? Yeah, it's Alex J. Stumpf on the Twitter. And hey, if you're on the site or on DK Sports Radio, I, I, I've got, you know, hot competition against Jeff now with Sunday lineups. That's lineup. right. Yes, good, good plug. I was going to bring it up, but you beat me to it. Every Sunday, you and Noah are going to be doing Sunday lineups is the name, correct? Yes. So check that know. out. Yeah. That might fluctuate a bit. Still, it's a, it's a good show. I listened to the first episode. The debut episode is very well done. Make sure you check that out. It's all pirates. All It's, it's very in-depth, awesome stuff. So, hey, if you're listening, wherever you're listening, if it's on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, you name it, we are there. Go to DK Pittsburgh Sports, subscribe, follow, whatever the case may be. If you're on iTunes, give us a good comment and a five-star rating because it does matter, believe it or not. And I will be back tomorrow with Dave Molinari talking about his crazy adventures. And, yes, they are crazy. Uh, talking about some hockey. So make sure you uh, tune in. Stay safe, everyone. 